0: We're continuing again in our uh, sermon series, Stay the Course. And even everything, past, uh, excuse me, Pastor, Sister Nikki was saying about no matter how bad things seem and no matter how, you know, in turmoil our life may be, we've got to stay the course. Because it's not just you, but it's those who look up to you, those who are watching you that you don't realize you know, Sister Nikki has a son and she has a daughter. They are looking up to her. You know, like when somebody says something to her and they're like, well, let's see what mama's going to do. How is she going to react? Is she going to maintain calm, you know, maintain her composure or is she going to lay him out? But whatever it is we do, we've got to learn how to stay the course. So I want to tell I want to talk today. About holding on and letting go let's say this together holding on and letting go so how can we do both at the same time well I'm glad you asked but we're going to learn there are, there are times and there are situations when we've got to hold on hold on hold on and in other situations we got to learn how to just let it go and all of this is learning how as the bible tells us to keep that balance we've got to learn to keep that balance and this, some of you, if not all of you know, you know it only took me fifty eight years to come up with a hobby, and my hobby now is I love kayaking that's my thing. I love the kayak I don't care if the water's only two feet deep, I'm going kayaking inside joke but but even though there's not a lot of wiggle room, you know it's pretty much a cushion in the kayak, and you sit on that It's not like you know big speed boat where you got a bench and all that, you pretty much have to sit where you're sitting, but if you find yourself leaning to one side more than the other no matter how much you paddle you will go in a circle towards the side that you're leaning and you will not get to your destination because you don't realize it you've gotten tired and you're leaning to one side so you've got to get your center of balance in the middle and stay there until you get to your destination so we've got to learn how to hold on and let go Now I'm not, it's a good message, I'm not talking about this one, it's a good word when the Bible talks about, you know, whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever we loose on earth, I'm not talking about binding and loosing. But I want to use the word of God and give you practical examples, because if we can't take the word and apply it to our daily lives, we might as well be reading Aesop's Fables, or, you know, a good poem by Maya Angelou. We need the word of God, and and on a side note, even when we're talking about the parables, we've we've read some awesome books this year during our uh, Thursday night empowerment. But if we don't go back to the word of God and in specifically the words that Jesus spoke, because that's what's going to keep you. Books don't keep us. They should only be references or supplements to the word of God. Books cannot keep us. We need to know, well, what did Jesus say? What did Abraham say, All being led by God. Somehow we as humans have a tendency to feel like we're entitled. You see people feel like they're entitled? Oh, I'm going to just be in this handicapped spot for a minute. Oh, really? So you don't care about the handicap. Well, you know, I'm only going to be here a minute. We feel entitled. Perhaps it came from man's experience in the garden of eden that when god said that now man knows he has the knowledge of good and evil but we don't know where it comes from but don't we at some time feel like we're entitled that's mine I, that belongs to me i deserve more than what i have and what doesn't help any is you know that you've worked so hard for something but with technology And the mind that man has now, anything and everything can be mass-produced. So when one person has something, you're like, well, I want that too. They got it, I want it too. Well, did you work like they worked to get what they got? Ah, you know, but I want it. I'm going to get it. And it's not just that, but even when we get it, we're oftentimes poor stewards of what we have. We are poor stewards. And what I mean is, I'm not talking about poor stewards as in a flight attendant. But when God gives us something, we don't use it as he intended it. Or we get it and we abuse it. You know, I I remember when I was in the military, we go to the supply room and say, Hey, I need some scouring powder and some rags or whatever to clean the latrine. And guess what? You will get one can and one pad. Make it last. But we, and uh, come on, y'all. How many times do we go in the bathroom saying we're going to go brush our teeth? We turn the water on, then we walk over here, grab our toothbrush, grab our toothpaste, go grab a towel so we can wipe our mouth, and water's just running. We're just wasting a resource. But one thing among many things, we do not, humanly, we don't value what we have nor who we are. We don't value what we have or who we are. Mind you, the greater one is living in you. That's who you are. You are spirit first, not flesh. You are created in God's image. But we have to value what we have and who we are. How many times have you ever seen somebody walking down the street or standing on the street corner? They got earbuds in. And you just drive by and they're like. What are they doing? They're moving the music. And some people, I mean, you know, I've never really been that way about music. But some people are like, yeah, I'm going to get discovered. Somebody going to drive by, offer me a record deal. Yeah. You know. But you know. (laughs) If you really want to be get yourself in position, then you need to go to the right training. Go to the right schools and connect yourself with the right people. Now, is somebody going to drive? I mean, it could happen. It happens. But if that's what you're banking on, you're in, you might be in for a rude awakening. If you think listening to somebody else else's music and walking around, it, the chances are slim and none. We've got to get ourselves in position. Value who we are. Get ourselves in position. Listen to what God is telling you to do. Oh, well, you know, so-and-so did it this way, but that was them. Things don't work the way they used to. So let's learn how to hold on and how to let go. Let's talk about three basic life lessons, and we can come up with so many different things. First of all, we need to teach our we need to learn ourselves and teach our children and our youth. 1. You can't have everything. Oh, my God supplies, yeah, but your God ain't no fool. My God shall supply all my needs. We can go back to what the scriptures really mean. 2. Everything in life ain't going to go your way. But all things work together for good, yeah. For good. It didn't say everything's going to go your way. For good, because what may be good for me may not be good for Pastor Wendy. We're married, so things will work together for our good. Because God's not going to bless her and then leave me shorthanded. It just don't work that way. And then everyone is not your friend. Everyone is not your friend. And I don't mean to say that to push everybody away, but be careful who you let in your inner circle. I mean, if you really have, if you honestly have a hundred friends, then you've got a hundred friends. I I would be the first to tell you that the more friends you have, the more support you have. But the bottom line is, regardless, you've got to just stay the course. Everything's not going to go your way. You can't have everything, and everyone's not your friend. All right. So I'm going to discuss just a couple of different points, just two today. But we have to remember that no matter what happens, that God, that we must never take God for granted. Never take God for granted. Has anyone in here ever taken God for granted? Has anyone ever taken God for granted? Yes. Nor should we take for granted the things that he has put in us and the things that he has blessed us with. So it used to be in the old days, when I say old days, at least when I grew up, there was this big piece of plastic that used to sit on a table. And this thing had 12 buttons on it. And it had a big knob on the bottom of it that you could change the volume because this thing would make noises. It would vibrate. And this thing had a big long cord and you could go to the store and get an even longer cord. It was called a telephone. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing about it was when we were growing up, when that phone rang, who was calling you? You You didn't know. Unless you were like, hey man, if it's you, let it ring three times and hang up. <laughs> Did y'all do that? Let it ring three times and then hang up. But then, because there was no caller ID, caller ID didn't come around until the early 90s. You would walk by and pick the phone up, and they would say, hey, can I speak to Joe? It's like, yes, who's this? Uh, this is Steve. Okay, is this Joe? No, it's not Joe. Joe's right here. Well, Joe... Hold on. It's for you. So my first point is just that God wants to bless us. But we're saying, well, I don't I don't understand that right now. God is trying to contact us. He is trying to reach out to us. But we're saying, well, I don't understand And God's saying, hold on. It's for you. Hold on. Well, I don't see no caller ID. My sheep know my voice. My sheep know my voice, and a stranger they will not follow. I want to take a passage from the Old Testament. And as we talked about Empowerment Thursday, the Bible has one interpretation, but many applications. One interpretation, but many applications. I want to take this passage of Scripture. We're going to read through it first, and then we're going to break some things down. Not so much in the Greek and Hebrew and all of that, But we want to break it down so we can show how it can apply to your life as well. Now, at this time, King Solomon, David has appointed him king. And now Solomon sits on the throne. This is a story that people have heard all over the world for a long time. Sometime later, and I'm using a new living translation. Sometime later, two prostitutes came to the king to have an argument settled. Please, Lord, one of them began This woman and I live in the same house. I gave birth to a baby while she was with me in the house. Three days later, this woman also had a baby. We were alone, and there were only two of us in the house. But her baby died the night when she rolled over it, during the night when she rolled over it. Then she got up in the night and took my son from beside me while I was asleep. She laid her dead child in my arms, And took mine to sleep beside her. In the morning when I tried to nurse my son, he was dead. But when I looked more closely in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't my son at all. Then verse 22. Then the other woman interrupted. Mind you, they're talking to King Solomon. It is certainly, it certainly was your son. And the living child is mine. No, the first woman said, the living child is mine. And the dead one is yours. And so they argue back and forth before the king. Hold on right there. I'm going I'm to I'm leave the car running. I'm going to leave the radio on. But I'm going to put it in park. And I'm going to get out for a minute. But please, y'all, don't go anywhere. Okay? Y'all, y'all going to stay in the car? Don't drive away. <laughs> don't leave me here. Go to the next slide where it says harlot. In verse 16, it says, that there were two prostitutes. Two prostitutes. Now, depending on the interpretation and what original transcript, not King James New Living Translation, but the original translation or the original manuscript says one uses the word zanah, which means prostitute. Another one uses the word zanat, which means innkeeper. In other words, you, live, you go to a Holiday Inn or, or a Radisson or a Marriott, the innkeeper. Y'all still in the car? Y'all ain't left me? All right, so we're not going there. The point I want to make, let's go back to verse 16. Thank you. It says, sometime later, two prostitutes. Now, it's not a matter of being a prostitute, and it's not a matter of being an innkeeper. We're talking pimps prostitutes, partners, preachers, and pastors. We're talking about anybody who is not in their place in Christ. It doesn't matter if they were a prostitute because one commentary says that if they were actually prostitutes the king would not have even listened to them. It's like, you need to get your life in order before you come talk to me. But either way, I'm talking about and we're applying this to our life. We've got an issue, but we're out of the will of God. And I'm not talking about the profession you're in. I'm not talking about where you punch a clock. I'm saying areas in our lives where we are not operating in the will of God. Doesn't matter. It's like, oh, we're going to cast shade on the on the prostitute. No, I'm not casting shade on the prostitute. No more than I am the pastor or the preacher. Because guess what? That's me. But they came to the king to have an argument settled. Verse 17. Please, Lord. One of them began. This woman and I live in the same house. I gave birth to a baby while she was with me in the house. The significance of this. It says, please, my Lord. One of them began. This woman and I live in the same house. So. Because I'm outside of the will of God. God. There is lack in my house. And I'm not, again, I'm not casting shade on anybody. If you live with somebody else, that's you. But as an example, because there's lack in an area, there is not enough for you to live on your own. Y'all follow me? You're living with somebody else. How come you're not living on your own? Evidently, there is a lack in your area. Why? Because we are outside of where God called us to be. And I'm not saying, okay, well, you're out here, you know, selling drugs or, you know, breaking into people's houses. I'm saying there's an, there are areas in our lives that God's saying we need to get them right. And you will not move forward. Just like I said earlier, those lessons in life, you can't have everything. Everything is not going to go your way. And especially when we're not doing what God called us to do. Y'all with me today? So... Number one problem is you're outside of the will of God. Number two, there's lack. But this is where the story turns. And and I loved it. Pastors or uh, Dr. Siddiqui used to tell us, don't practice what you preach. He would say, Preach what you practice. Preach what you practice. So when I tell this story, I'm speaking from experience. I know what it's like to go to church every day, sing in the choir, go out of town, singing with the choir. And then to get to a point in my life where I walked away from God for eight years and was going to the clubs and and doing whatever I felt like doing. But this sinner says I gave birth to a baby while she was with me in my house. No one can give life but God. No one can give life but God. Even though this woman was doing something she should not have been doing. God gave life to her. Has anyone ever had a bad day or was going through a bad time, but yet God burst something in them? It's like, wow, what did I do to deserve this? I ain't been praying I ain't been reading my Bible, but all of a sudden God's like, I'm going to birth something in you. Because it's his goodness that leads men to repentance. And so now I've got this life in me. I can't live. You can't. (laughs) A woman can't be pregnant. And it's like, well, what are you having tonight? Well, I'm eating eating Mexican food. I'm going to eat me some fat back. I'm going to eat me some some pig feet. No, it's like, no, you got to eat for that baby, too. Because there's life birth in you, you've got to change how you live your life. And what you eat, because what goes into you, goes into that baby. So we we have to say now, okay, I'm doing what I want to do, and there's lack in my life, but God's saying, no, 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 no. I'm birthing something in you. I'm birthing something in you. Because you are greater than what you look, than how you look. I'm birthing something new in you. Verse 18. And I want you all to see how we can apply this to our everyday life. It says, Three days later, this woman also had a baby. And we were alone. And there were only two of us in the house. I want to pick out one word two. Two. I want, yeah, let's talk about three. Three days he rose again. Three days. I want to talk about two. If you define the word two, one translate or one definition of two is, is a number used as a witness to verify, or to verify a witness, right? Well, where were you last night? Well, I was at home watching TV. Can anybody verify that? Yes, Pastor Wendy. So that's my witness. But another definition, it is the first number of division. You cannot divide zero, you cannot divide one, but you can divide two. Now, because God has birthed something in your life, even though we are not doing, and I'm not casting shade on everybody. I'm just trying to provoke your thoughts. But now, God has birthed something into me, but guess what? Now there's a second person who's trying to take away my blessing. Who's that? Who's trying to take away my blessing? The enemy. The enemy is trying to tell me my baby is dead. (laughs) It's like, no, 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 no. God birthed this in me, and you can't take it from me. I know I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, but the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. And if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Go and sin no more. He has birthed it in me, Satan. I know there's two of us, (laughs) but in the end I win. So her baby died, verse 19, during the night when she rolled over on it. Be careful. When you know God has blessed something in you, don't go to sleep. When God puts it in you and you know it's God, don't go to sleep. Because you'll roll over and kill it. You will kill your own dreams. Because we hear messages all the time and it it hypes us up as Christians. Talk about haters. You know you got haters. But who killed your dream? Was it your haters? Or is it because you slept on your dream and you rolled over on it? You rolled over on your dream. As the old saying is, it's not what people call you, it's what you answer to. And if you allow people to dictate your life, And it's like, yeah, man. I I know that, and I I love Joyce Meyer's testimony. There was a group of women around her who said, "Yeah, we heard that you told everybody you were going to have a ministry that was going to reach, you know, all these people, and it's going to be one of the largest ministry of its kind in the world." And they said, "That ain't going to (laughs) happen, not with your personality." So when God gives you the vision and gives you the dream, He's not going to give you every detail. As we walk along, God's going to say, you know something, you're almost there. But guess what? Your attitude is stink. Even as, as the man that came to Jesus said, Lord, what must I do to, to, to re, e, receive eternal life? And he told him, all these things I've done. And Jesus told him, but one thing you lack. One thing you lack. We are trying to get breakthroughs in our life. And we're about to see some breakthroughs in these next 30 days. But one thing we lack. What is it? I don't know what your one thing is. I'm dealing with my one thing. (laughs) You're trying to make concrete and you ain't got no water. All you got is a pile of sand and a bunch of rocks. Mixing it together, mixing it together, mixing it together. One thing you lack. You need some water. And then I'm going to just jump down to verse 22. Because all they did was argue back and forth. Then the other woman, because it never actually says who said what. It said then the other woman interrupted, it certainly was your son. And the living child is mine. No, the first woman said, the living child is mine and the dead one is yours. And so they argued back and forth before the king. First of all, you know the quickest way to keep somebody from blackmailing you? is you come out right immediately and you tell the truth. If, if I come out and tell the truth, you can't blackmail me, or, or what are you going to say now? I don't know, I already told them. And they have to, I have to deal with them. You know, if you steal something on your job or you leave early or whatever you do. I've already told the boss and they've forgiven me, so what you got now? Yeah, all right? <laughs> but let me say this. They went before the king and they argued. But you know what God gave you. You know it's birthed in you. And it says, and so they argued back and forth before the king. When God gives you something, don't go and argue before the king. Do not argue before the king. You go, because the first, it says, the first woman went and said that this woman is living in the house with me, blah, 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 whatever. But guess what? Don't let them speak first. You go before the king and you pray the prayer. You plead your case. Don't let the devil go to God before you do. Because look what look what happened in the book of Job. The Bible tells us in Job chapter 1 that God's like, well, well what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm just roaming the earth. I'm just roaming the earth. Oh, oh, oh. I got an appointment with God. So don't argue before the king. What did I put down here? Don't argue before the king. Just go before the king. Don't argue. Because you got no argument with the devil. You got no argument. You plead the blood. You put him in his place. There's no argument. There's no argument. My second point, and I've only got two. The other thing we need to learn is when to let go. And when I talk about letting go, I'm not talking about someone's offended you and you need to forgive them. I'm not talking about that kind of let go. There are some people who say, Well, are you born again? Yes, I'm born again. Other people will ask, are you saved? Yes. Some people will say, well, while we walk the earth, we're born again. We're not saved until we leave the earth. Born again, saved, you know Jesus? Yes, I know Jesus. Y'all follow me? So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how we view other people. How we view other people. Because I'm really only accountable for me. But what are the two great commandments that Jesus said? Love the Lord and love your neighbor as yourself. But I, I can only love you. I can't control you. I can only love you. And Pastor Wendy and I talk about this all the time. It's like, we cannot control each other. We cannot control. She knows I cannot control her. I cannot control her. Because she has to answer to God for what she does. I've got to answer to God for what I do. There is no control. I can only love you. Romans chapter 14, verse 10. It says, so why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. Not with anyone. What's the word say? We will what? all stand. So we'll all be together, right? We'll all be together. Verse 11. For the scripture says, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee. So we're all there, but every knee. Get on one knee. I was talking to y'all. I just said get on one knee. But See, we think God's talking to them. I just, <laughs> and I don't want y'all to do it now, and it's too late. <laughs> you missed it. But oftentimes, God is saying, do this, and it's like, well, he won't, God won't talk to me. He was talking to you. Just that quick, we missed it. <laughs> it was tricky. trick. Y'all missed it. Anyway, then verse 12. Yes, each of us, Oh, We went from all to every tongue to each of us. We'll give a what? Personal account. A personal account unto God. And then finally, verse 13. So let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. I'm going to love you because... Not because I'm required to, because you're so lovely, I want to love you. But I'm going to love you regardless. We often judge other people because they don't receive the kind of punishment we think they deserve. Why does God let them keep living like that? Oh, really? What's that in in your eye? Excuse me. What's that in your eye? I see a beam in your eye. Now, not every church, but some churches have what we call pastor police. They want to help everybody, but they don't love anybody. Would you say that? To, would you say, ah, you know, I just, this is, I know this is what the pastor wants. <laughs> you better be sure you're led of God. And if you don't know, then you better make sure one, What is your motive? And two, that you are in the right frame of mind. Why? Because they don't dress like you. Because they don't quote scriptures like you. Be careful. Don't be pastor's police. Don't even be God's police. Be led of the spirit. And let them live their lives. And if you can't love them, then leave them alone. Learn to let it go. Learn to let it go. I'm sorry, my point actually was, I grow when I let others go. I grow when I let others go. I didn't say I don't love you anymore. I didn't say I wouldn't be there for you. But we often have problems when we don't have a common ground, a safe place to go to to talk about things. Hey, did you see the (laughs) Redskins? No, I ain't wasting my time. Hey, man, did you, how was work today or whatever? You got to have common ground with people before you can go in and start beating and bashing them. And me personally, somebody, I mean, we just had six new houses built on our street and everybody's moved in. But I have to make sure the first thing I do is go over and introduce myself before I say, hey, can you turn your music down, please? Because you've already set a precedence. I mean, the music can be all loud. and It's like you go over there and you shake your hand. Hey, how you doing? And you talk through the music. We can we can be in Walmart and, and, and look and say, oh, man, that is such a cute baby. Oh yeah, he's he's six months old. He's He looks just like his daddy and, and all these other great things. And we're cool because guess what? We're talking about the baby. But as soon as I jump into uh, uh, you're going to make sure you beat him if he do right, if he do wrong, right? Don't let him get away with nothing because he's going to end up in prison like all the mother kids. It's like, see, you don't lost him. Because we don't know how to build relationships with people. Because guess what? If I know you love me, then when you come to me and tell me, then I can respect what you're saying. But we don't love people first. We want to just correct them. But we've got to learn how to let some stuff go. So let me give you an example. A person is drowning and they're struggling. you just on the beach and they're struggling because a large fish is clamped down on their leg and they're bleeding badly. So you jump in the water. You pull them out of the water, but the fish is still attached. Now the fish must be removed and the wounds must be dressed. Can y'all just, you know, use your imagination? I mean, I'm back in the car now. I hope y'all know. (laughs) But you can imagine a situation. Somewhat fictitious, but it could could happen. Shark attacks happen. So what are you going to do about it? The only thing that you can do to this person in love is, next slide, in love is, if you don't take care of that wound, it's going to kill you. Yes, you're out of the water, but you're not safe. Because that goes back to what I was saying before. Some people are like, yeah, you're born again, but you ain't saved. Why? Because you're still doing this and you're still doing that. Why? Because I can see it. I can see it. But you, we have to love people first and let them go just like God is letting us go let them go because the last thing is this some people once you're gone they're going to go get right back in the water anyway <laughs> and we talked about this on Thursday night when the sower shows the word don't Be hurt. Don't be surprised when the seeds you sow fall on stony ground. That's just the word. Everyone you witness to, everyone that you encourage is not going to follow God's word. They're not just going to soak it in and walk after it. That's just scripture. No matter how much it hurts your heart, that's just scripture. So if you walk away and you get in your car and drive away and they jump back in the water, that's on them. But I've got to learn to let them go. It's like when they, if I'm back at the beach and you're drowning again, I'm going to jump back in the water and I'm going to save you again. Until God tells me, let you drown. God forbid, but if, until he tells me, I'll be there for you. But either way, some things you got to hold on, some things you got to let go. But either way, you got to stay the course.